Welcome back to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. Skylar Hoke here. Tom Jacobs, how are we doing? I mean, I'm good. I mean, look, I was never um, never right last week, really. I mean, Cajonan played okay. Southgate actually threatened like, on Saturday, I think it was. Like, he was inside the top 15, like three under, could have got inside the top 10, made a push on Sunday, and then he just fell away. But um, Lucas Herbert and Kurt Kiziyama did not... Uh, did not shower themselves in glory for you on Sunday, let's just say that. This year, I would say, of DP World Tour betting has, has got to be one of the more frustrating ones that we've really come across. And, and I mean, everyone goes through the spikes. Last year was unbelievable from, from a winner standpoint when we were very hot overall. And we've been all around the leaderboard. Sundays wake up excited and just have not shook out our way. I mean... If you told me Kurt Kitayama was to lead the field in Tita Green by two strokes, knowing the kind of putter he is, like yeah. that that to me is all, all you could ask for. You'd think he would for sure I mean he wasn't even anywhere close. Like he didn't place, you know? No. So that was that was tough. Herbert I don't want he to was, he was very upset. Uh, he was he was visually and not like, audibly like angry at himself, which I've never really seen him get like. Yeah, I, I mean, to end his round Thursday and Friday with bogeys on par fives, that's that's just a tough pill to swallow. That's realistically a should, not should, but could be an easy four-stroke swing. Yeah. And you have a cushion versus pushing, and, I mean, he ended up placing, so that, that's nice. But, um, you know, I, I do want to, of course, congratulate Bob McIntyre, somebody who we've – been vocal about being difficult and, and hard on, you know, I, I really, really like Bob McIntyre as a person, as a golfer, as somebody who probably is now front runner for a future Ryder cup spot, you know, winning at the, at the venue. Um, just those numbers we weren't getting to, and he needed what Sunday 64 to, to come through and almost gave it away um, a couple of times Saturday and Sunday, but, but genuinely happy for Bob because that's a big win. That's the biggest win he's had in his life. 100%. Like, I'd tweet out just, like, directly after. I had it kind of prepared for when he won. But, like, all day he he played how he should more often. Like, he, he was electric on the front nine. Um, started, I think, was it bat nine with a bogey? Um, the bounce right back on 12. And then 14, 15, you're like, okay, bogey, bogey. Like, I know they're tougher holes, but um, slightly concerned about what's happening with Bob McIntyre here. Fortunately for him, like, no one else could really seem to get control of it either. I mean, like, you t- we talk about people struggling in contention. Roy McIlroy was awful, um, you know, really bad. And we, I got it wrong about Fitz last week is one thing I would say. Like, I, I was really wrong on him. I thought that his game was not in the right place and he maybe was just exhausted from the year and came back. And to be honest, barring a phone going off in, in his backswing on, on the tee, in the playoff hole, he probably could have won it. I mean, it, it would have just gone to next to hole, I thought. But, like, take nothing away from Bob. Like, he was great. Um, like you say, massive implications because of the Ryder Cup venue, because of who was there when he did it, you know, beating Fitz directly, beating Rory when he's in contention. Like, that's what he needed to do. Like, the, the, almost, I almost just consider it his first win because that, that win in Cyprus was basically nothing, right? Like, you can't take it away, but it doesn't really mean an awful lot. Um, and the fact that he did it on that venue against the people that he did at the time that he did, like, 
I think they came back and said like Rory had actually meant like name dropped him earlier in the week as as a potential star for the Ryder Cup. And look, I, I don't want to I don't want to dog in him, but like he's there and in that contention because we don't, we don't have much else at the moment. Like you know the 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 pool of players is looking pretty thin, so we do need someone like him to step up. And I think he'd be a great match play player. I think he'd be I think he'd be brilliant. So. Um, really hope that he does now kick on from this like we, we see this sometimes where they win and it doesn't materialize into anything else and i'm just hoping that's not the case i'm hoping that he'd say he was very vocal about the fact that he was been poor all season was you know really lost and got his new coach which is eddie pepperell's coach and um you know just just a lot of good stuff so i think it's really promising for him yeah i mean realistically it's his first win he didn't even lead the 72 holes if you went on the cumulative score at the showdown um but he had won, I believe, his second professional start um, on the Mena Tour uh, back in, in 17. I think he like hit a one in like on an eagle on the last hole or something crazy. Um, and and that's so that's his first win since since then, realistically. And, and yeah. big time for Bob. Um, definitely want him in that atmosphere because I he steps up in the moments. You know, yeah. the majors. He like for him, top tening majors to 12th place at the Masters. Like those are those are huge, huge. You know, I, I think I don't want to say he isn't able to step up, but but winning is definitely something that he needs to do to get to that next level and continue to kick on. So I, I'm very happy um, for that. And, and you're right down the stretch there. We're in, I think the fifth point, we, we I don't want to necessarily say wrong because, you know, you you have to pick, pick somebody at the top. Yep. But we have the conversation of when you get elevated players in the dp world tour i i kind of view it actually very similar to lowry winning at, at wentworth i don't think lowry was in the same stretch of form he had been during the summer you know but class is class especially when it comes to the field so i think more often than not when betting betting's different betting at the numbers is especially different but on DraftKings or peer-to-peer style stuff when you can get a lower owned or not as trusted stud because they're a little bit out of form these guys can easily win on the dp world tour back-to-back weeks in my opinion saw fitzpatrick very low owned in DraftKings this past week so i think um it just shows how much people gravitated to rory which made a lot of sense of course but um yeah anytime those those big time stars can win but but this week um you know this week's a little bit different you know we have the kazoo open wet lake golf national um seeing you know a a rider cup or a former rider cup venue last scene um you know just i guess the scenes that we did have there um when you know the the european team had won in 2018 i guess we did see it the next year yeah um, at 2019 when nicholas colzart um had won there which was really out of the blue when Colesers had popped up victory prior to that, Alex Norin, Tommy Fleetwood, um, Tong Chine Jaiti, Bern Wiesberger, back-to-back GMAC victories there. Um, Le Golf National, in, in my head, I, I easily go back to what the way they set it up for the Ryder Cup. Thick rough, emphasis on accuracy. You know, it, it played right into the favor of the European team. Now, Nikolai Kolzarts doesn't fit that bill, in my opinion. So I, I'm trying not to really pigeonhole myself on course thoughts. Um, but what do you prepare uh, kind of in this week when it comes to the Golf National? So uh, <clears throat> I agree with you. I think that, like, just because Kolzarts um, was an outlier doesn't mean we should get away from from what we think the golf course is, right? Like, it's a claustrophobic golf course. You have to be accurate off the tee. There's some holes that 
make you take driver out of your hands. There's some holes that if you take driver, out, uh, you know, if you take driver, you're, you're going to look pretty stupid, but you can do it. Um, so that there's a, there's a lot of forced layups, which is good for people that are bad off the tee. So I'd say that if someone's been really good with greens and regulation recently, but terrible off the tee, um, you know, Guido, um, then <laughs> then this would be a, a good golf course for them, right? But um, we sort of t- talked off air. It's uh, we talk about Ryder Cup venues, and it's a stadium course build with with wind. And one of the other Ryder Cup venues is Celtic Manor, which has the same sort of layout. And there's been an awful lot of crossover. I mean, Tong Chai ID, Alex Noran, and Graham McDowell have all won at both. PCU Line's been runner up at both. Richard Sterney's been runner up at both. Fleetwood's won here and been a runner up at Celtic Manor. Um, Yus Lawson has uh, won and finished runner up uh, at Celtic Manor and finished top six and top nine here, I think. So, um, you know, it's it's a really obvious crossover. Um, so, interestingly, when you sent me my picks, o- your picks over and, and we sort of exchanged them, a lot of those kind of players fit into that mould without even necessarily us being conscious of it until we then sort of narrowed it down. It only supports what we were saying. So, um, great, great crossover there, I think. I think it's important. I think that, that both can be affected by wind. Both needs... Um, some accuracy and you know both have got that Ryder Cup feel about them whether that whether that really plays into you know hands in you know years gone past I don't know but um and I suppose one of the one of the things we should consider is the people that have won at both are, are all just really classy players that could probably win on any given week but um I, I don't want to completely ignore it yeah no I think it's a further emphasis to kind of our selections and hopefully means we're in the right direction when it comes to um you know being the course fit and some course horses were on um but the odds that's where i guess the name of the game does does come down to and where we really have to to hone in because you know we have thomas peters leading off the board and peters probably could be picture perfect for what this course if he can drive it long and accurate that's going to be very helpful he's 16 patrick reed is coming over headlining kind of here from the live side 16 to 1 robert mcintyre 20 to 1 right there who i think actually is pretty generous in some ways i guess kind of contradicts everything we've said (laughs) prior but um feely's right there with those guys victor perez you know leading frenchman there that i think is interesting but we back up at least for our first couple conversations on golfers 30 to 1 and under um who would you open with at least a discussion so at least of those groups you just sort of said there, like all of them, you know, make perfect sense, right? And I think also Jordan Smith and, and Victor Perez, um, you know, stand out. Perez was was really impressive last week. It was unfortunate I was getting the playoffs. But um, I think one that we you kind of want to talk about is Antoine Rosner, right? It's someone that yes. we have been betting, have wanted to bet. Uh, you know, basically every week that we haven't bet him, we wanted to bet him. But, you know, price has got in the way or we just don't believe he can make the putts. And um He's now 20 odd to one, 22 to one. And you think, well, you still can't make the putts. They're still not going in. Um, he's never played the golf course and he's never played in Wales either, I don't think. So on paper, it looks like a really good golf course for him. The, the, the accuracy is required. He's, he's top of the charts in you know ball striking and driving accuracy, total accuracy. Um, he's played well in the wind in the past. We've, we've seen that in his previous wins as well. So realistically, very, very good golf course for him. I just can't get away from the fact that he's priced basically the same as, um, you know, Victor Perez, Bob, who's just won. Even Jordan Smith's been like more consistent than him throughout the whole season. Like I, I think they both got the same 
obvious problem and, and both have the, the the low upside in terms of wins at the moment. But um, I, I thought he was just a little bit short in the best, despite the fact he makes obvious appeal. Yeah, I think it's the one where you look like a fool when he wins next week. But at some point, you do have to plant a flag. I mean, the Irons are, are going to – they're going to be great every single week. It seems like they're going to be exceptional. It's not lost strokes to the field since the Dutch Open in May. You know, it's just unbelievable stretch of Irons, world-class right now. And if – if I guess the question is – I normally say when the putter turns, but if the putter turns with those Irons – He's going to run away with something. He really is. And I kind of, you thought that a little bit even early last week that that could happen. So um, for me, yeah, I think I'm okay just passing on the number and continuing down. We we did this with Bern Wiesberger last year. Um, ball striking was incredible all the way through Dubai. We thought it was going to turn, never did, and never has since, right? And um, I'm not saying that Rosner's going to go through that extended stretch of uh, run that, that Wiesberger has with his passer, but... Same thing. Like we wait and wait and wait for its turn, and it doesn't. Uh, Eddie Pepperell, incredibly, you know, well ball striking at the moment. Putter hasn't really heated up when he needed to. So um, it's tough. Like you know, it was like last week. Guido was brilliant uh, in straight game approach. Off the tee didn't match up, and and the short game didn't match up in the end. So like, it just. We always hope that the putter is going to be the variance that eventually just goes in your way. And sometimes they're just really bad at putting. And Rosner apparently is at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sustained long time. Yeah. That's, I, I just think when I'm whittling down the card and it's, yeah, he's 30 still in the States. And I'm tempted there. I think it's very, so it's 30 is fine. Like he's 20 over here. Like 30 is a different, probably a different conversation. Um, so I think. If you can get a 30, uh, and definitely in DraftKings lineups, I think play Rosner. Um, yeah. But it doesn't even feel like when Shinkwin, you know when Shinkwin won and he was a really short price and we kind of discounted him yep. for the price. It doesn't even feel quite like that. He's, he's still not playing quite that well. Like he's, his yeah. ball striking is that good, but his finishes aren't as good as Shinkwin's were, I don't think. Yep. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. And I, and I think we align on kind of our next two golfers um, that we both are intrigued on that we dip down a little bit deeper down the odds board, but um, kind of fifties, 55s kind of over here. I'll start with the first one, Jorge Campillo. Um, I'm not normally one to back Campillo and, and that's due to like his, um, I guess just wide range of a game. I think he's at least somewhat um, kind of calmed it down as we've gone through the stretch, but you aren't for sure if you are going to get those irons firing. What you are going to, you know, kind of get at least some consistent is he's decent off the tee. He's really, really good from a short game perspective. He's going to chip well. There's difficult holes here. He's going to putt extremely well. I mean, we've seen him when he has put good irons in play. He's basically going to top 10 the event. He did that at the Irish Open, really strong field. He did that at Omega. Um, you know, at BMW, he actually didn't putt the way he did with iron. Kind of good, finally an open, top 10 last week. I just, there's enough there that you go back to the nationality as what, the top 20 to the last six So I just think overall for me, you know, there's enough trending, and he really does fit that corollary course that you were intrigued on a lot. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the main things. And, 
you know, Campillo is actually just playing some really solid golf, and that, you know, obviously that's important, right? There's no point in, in in overlooking that. Like when you you look at his last kind of 15 weeks, he's got three top tens in there. He's got a top 15. Two of them have come the last three starts. Um, he's played well in in Wales. Um, played well here. Like that's you know another factor. Like this is a, a horses for courses type thing. He's got an eighth for the 15th and an 18th place finish. So. Um, really do like what Campio is. I I don't know if I'm going to get there just because we've got a couple of others in this selection, uh, you know, this area. But um, I, I think he's a really tidy player and and certainly someone that can win. We know he can win. Yeah, the the only like why I don't feel great or maybe why it's a leak in my type of selections is like you know what you're getting from from Rosner like this week ahead like you you really don't know at times what you're getting from Campio so you, it's like you have to you have to pick the spots in which you can you can select him he's not somebody you, you ride week in and week out it's like you hope you find the pop you hope like I kind of feel similar like to him and like Pablo Lerofopo like, like yeah. that's kind of that that feel of you pray it all lines up on one week and, and they can be right in the mix with the best of them but it is not somebody who I stomach well selecting, but 50s feels pretty good for somebody who definitely has top 10 form, you know, leading into here. You would, you would say realistically, like his form is better than Rosner's because it's like popped, you know, yeah. versus just middling, middling type of finishes. Um, so, so he's one here um, for me. Uh, another one, and this number actually kind of gives me a little bit more trouble um, probably than even Rosner, just because it's so much different than what it was when he popped at Wentworth. But um, can you go into detail kind of why you like Andy Sullivan this week? Yeah, I mean, I actually really like him. I think that the price has come in, but it's coming for a reason. Like we know that this is an elite, elite's probably a bit strong, um, a high level European tour player who can win multiple times, right? He's been on a Ryder Cup team. Um, <clears throat> six straight made cuts here. So he missed his cut on debut and then, you know, made six in a row. He was a 54 leader, 54 hole leader on his debut here. Ninth in strokes going approach last week. Three top 20s before missing the cut last week. Um, so I just think, you know, he was, he was, I think he was around one leader at Wentworth as well. Like he's just, he's doing this stuff now where, He's contending. He's getting himself back in the mix in general. He's now coming back to a golf course that he likes. Um, he's played well in Wales. He's got a top three finish there as well. And, and we sort of referenced that earlier when we were speaking off air, Sky, that that's when the, the, this kind of run of improved form probably started, that third place finish at Kazoo um, Open. I mean, are they all Kazoo Opens this year? We've got like two Kazoo Opens and a Kazoo Classic as well. So um, don't get your Kazoos mixed up. But interestingly enough, Kazoo are sponsoring both events maybe that's a sign that it's basically the same event yeah i like that i like that a lot but you're right that kazoo open is when those irons began to show up for sullivan backed it up at the omega really got it going at the maiden himmerlin and then yeah it was seemingly all set up for a spike at wentworth and he came out and tied for that first round lead you know so i I think that i mean he fell fell off you know in round two and especially in round three there but yeah, Italian Open, he was positive on the field every single event. And then, yeah, if you just line up what's visually been showing to us, plus that course history, plus your comp, it's just an overall really, really good um, kind of way that I think he's he's showing up here. And 55s is the longest of odds that we have in the States. So just because he was like 300 to 1 at Wentworth, it's like, ah, 
you know, you're, you're really seeing that slash, but um, I, I can get behind Sullivan um, there for sure. And we're aligning again on the next one golfer. You were on last week, um, a golfer who, man, like I, I think I am going a little bit more out of my comfort zone this week than what I would normally do. Um, cause, cause Nico Cajonan is somebody that, I, I trouble to figure out the where to select him, what's going on with him. But one thing that you know he's going to show up and do is hit almost every fairway. His accuracy is 15 to, to 20% better than field average almost every single week. And, and knowing that's going to happen when he shows up here, it's actually very surprising that he doesn't have any good results kind of playing here. I'm a little shocked that that doesn't line up. Um, but why are we going back to the Miko well this week? Yeah, I mean, look, he's had um, 15th and third place finishes in his last two starts um, at Celtic Manor. So that's one of the things we do like. And you obviously reference that he doesn't have any great finishes here. I mean, 26th and 33rd is first two starts, miscut, 38th miscut. So the miscuts never I guess concern- could be better, but yeah. not that bad. The, the miscuts don't bother me because it's a golf course that, like Wentworth, I think you can just get caught out on you have a bad day and you're out, right? So I think that the, the 26th, 30th, 30th is what you should be focusing on. Then I think back, was the field strength better when he was 26th, 33rd and 38th than it is this week? And I think it probably was. I, I don't know um, that for a fact, but I'm just thinking about the people that have won here, Alex Norrens, the, 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 the Tommy Fleetwoods, the, the, the people like that. Yes, we've got Patrick Reed here, but he's kind of in and out at the moment. Yes, we've got Thomas Peters here, same sort of thing. Like they're not consistently the best players on the on the DP World Tour, despite the fact they've got the talent to be like that. So um, I think potentially just the way he's been playing, the, the ball striking has been brilliant. Um, didn't keep himself into contention last week, which was which was a shame. Um, but you know he was inside the top. What is it, 15 last week? And uh, you know I think that was a pretty strong result. Yeah, so looking back there, he was 125 to 150s, the two events where he had those finishes um, at when he made the cut. I think the most disappointing one would have been in 2018. He was 50 to 1 that week, coming off a first and second place finish. So literally riding some really, really good form. But, I mean, it's it's four years ago, you know, and, and I, I like what he's doing leading into right now or more than that. Because his season has been sneaky pretty, pretty good. Yeah, like just like, like I said last last week, and I think like Barros said when he stepped in for the week, like he, he's just been good all year, and like it it kind of passes you by because he hasn't been there on a Sunday too often, but his irons have been great. Um, he's just a very mature player. He's in his forties. Like it took him a long time to win, uh, but then when he did it, he backed it out quite quickly. Um, and, and like you say, he come in and, and missed the cut after finishing first and second. That's probably because he put an awful lot of pressure on himself to then kind of perform at a golf course. Because he, like, if we look at these things and we look at these players and go, this course is going to suit them, they must think the same thing. They, they can't be, you know, they, they, they can't be, you know, we, we sometimes think, do they know uh, whether, whether they should play here or not? Like, Callum Shinkwin should be here. I do not understand why Callum Shinkwin is not playing this week. Um, so I would be on the phone to Callum Shinkwin's agent and send him to put a late entry in because he should play here and play well um, based on his Wales form. But yeah, I, I like Cajonan. I think it's one of those ones where like I was very aware that I had a decision to make once back in him last week. Like he was 100 and whatever he was, 25 to 1 last week. Um, didn't quite get it done, but he didn't do an awful lot wrong. Like, And he, ha- he had one bad day and it was a slow day on the first day. Um 
and I would feel really stupid abandoning ship after that because of the number. And and the reason the number is what it is is because we lose Roy McIlroy, Victor and Matthew Fitzpatrick, like Cyril Hatton as well. That's a significant drop off to to what we had uh, in this field. Yeah, that's a good point on, on why we have it. And like in my head, like I don't view these guys playing for places as much as what last week was, you know, yeah. like, you knew Fitz and Rory, or at least Rory for sure. One of the guys, if not more than one, and we ended up with three of them, yeah. all are going to be in that top 10, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, um, that's a scary way to, to bet last week. And you hope you get lucky with a good place and, and get kind of back in, in the saddle. But yeah, I think these guys can absolutely win it. And Nico, Nico stands out still at the number. But if if I would say, if I'm walking away, with literally one selection on the week, one selection, and, and immediately was was running to bet this guy. Just because if I think of course fit, a lot of people are, are probably going to say next week is when Matthew Southgate can can get there and, and get over the line, and, and that's because of his Lynx prowess and totally understand that. But if I had to, like, ballpark the way I would set up this course, I mean, it's, it's play from the fairway, which he does hit those irons and hit those greens like he's absolutely doing. And, and then just y- you hope the short game cooperates. He can't chip that well. We, we've seen that for an extended period of time. But he can spike his putting. He definitely has had multiple spike putting weeks um, kind of in the last lead up. I mean, you're looking at 27th with a flash over the last week, 13th at Wentworth. Very, very good. Very, very good irons at Wentworth. Fourth made it in Himmerlin. 23rd kind of the Omega. Um, if you look at course history, what, fifth? Last time he played here uh, in 2016, he had an 11th place there. I mean, he, he is the epitome of how you set up for this golf course. And you're getting 60s at Southgate. I am running to the window for that ticket. So, again, I was concerned, basically the same as Cajonan, that I, d- I didn't want to just abandon them. And, and why is that? And the reason being is I actually think if I take stock of what I did last week, I think I got caught up in numbers on both of them and thought, you know, they just stand out. Whereas I think this is such a better course fit for actually both of them. Like, I know they've both had decent finishes at the Italian Open and stuff like that, but like, th- this is where Southgate can stand out. Like, it's it's a, you know, it's a wind-affected golf course. It relies on your accuracy. He can get hot with the putter at times. Uh, yes, the Dunhill links is unquestionably a better event for him, but if he plays well this week, he's going he's gonna to be, you know, he probably, will, I don't know who's in that field yet. I haven't actually looked. Um, I think, is Rory playing in that? Is Roy playing? It's, yeah, he is. So yeah. you, you could probably get this number again next week, despite him playing well. But like, then you're you're expecting him to beat Rory and and you know whoever else is in the field. So like, loads of people are going to bet him next week. Like it's just, it's just going to be so obvious that he's going to get bet next week. And if he if he plays badly, then that's great because his odds are going to go out and he's probably still got a great chance. Um, but I, I will take a chance like you that he does actually play well this week again. Yeah, so I mean, I load up tour tips. We're here playing it. You look at current form, last yep. eight weeks. McIntyre is one. Okay, then you're gonna get Campio two, and you're getting the second golfer in last two month form with five events played, finishing you know second on that. Love that. So that's, I think that's really good when you get that fifties there. Perez, Peters, you're looking at one two or one three four at the odds right there. Fifth, Matthew Southgate. You know, like just. Stand and then you go below that. Reed and Rosner stand out right below there. You know what I mean? Like 
two anomalies when it comes to the odds boards uh, of that current form. And not to say eight-week form is, is like, you know, what you're going to literally be living living off of. But I just think once you get these numbers in this field, I mean, and you can stretch it out, Campillo is still, you know, fifth in form. And you're still going to find Southgate not as high because his run kind of started a little bit later than that. But um, I, I just think, you know, there's so much there with Southgate that I, I, I can't actually know if you stretch it out. Let me double check. He is eighth when you stretch it out longer to 15 weeks. So I, I just I, I absolutely love the Southgate play this week. I just look at I just look while you were talking now, I listened to everything you said. agree with it. Um, I'm just looking at Phil for next week. Rory, Fitzpatrick, Horschel, Lowry, Hassan, Fleetwood, Ustays and Gooch. Peters, Fox are the first, whatever, 10, 12 names that come up. So um, it's going to be a really tough week to, to contend next week. So why not take a chance on him on a golf course that basically stands out for the same reasons? I think it's fair enough. Like you need more accuracy this time, whereas obviously St. Andrews and the others sort of let you get a little bit off kilter. But like, yeah, I, I love it. I, I think I loved him last week. He didn't quite perform and because his irons weren't as good as I, as they have been, I was a bit concerned, but like, I'm just going to go back to him and give another chance. Yep. Yep. I don't want to uh, kind of lose that, that overall form and not get too sensitive to, to recent weeks. Um, so I, I dipped down decent bit further um, kind of where I land. Is there any other golfers kind of in this 60 to a hundred range or even like eighties or so that you would like to talk before I dig in? Uh, where did Thorbjorn Olsson land on the odds board? He is a little bit shorter than that, I do believe. Let's see. I thought he was like in the 15 to 1. Yeah, he's he oversees his 40s. I haven't – let me if I run across here. So I have 40 there. I think he was a little bit 37. Yeah, so 40 to 1 is the longest that you're going to see Thunder Bear. Yeah, so 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 no to him then. Um there was a couple, um, one of them being Tom Lewis again. Um, he, he seems to, have, yes. he was 100 odds to one and, and has come into kind of 80s. Now, he's got four missed cuts at this golf course out of four starts, I think it is. But it strikes me as a course that he should do well on, like wind expose, accuracy. Like he's been really accurate recently on the on the European Tour, DP World Tour. Um, just seems to keep sneaking up there. And I, I still hold this belief, like he did the first week that he came back, that he is pre-dedicated this year, obviously points out he's got no stasis, he needs to take advantage of these. Um, how is he even getting in? Is it is it past champion stuff? I, I can't stand the, the European Tour Field qualifiers. <laughs> but so but he, he's, I, I, he's been, he, he they talk, it was quite funny, they talked about him on the broadcast yesterday and they're like, oh, it's been such an uncharacteristic front nine for Tom Lewis as he made a few bogeys. And I was like, that's basically been Tom Lewis for like 90% of his last, 100 starts but like when he does peak and when he drops down to this level he is a, a significantly better player um and, and i think the odds are still not indicative of that like he still you could get 100 to one about me i think he's, he's shortened up a little bit um but yeah tom lewis is, is worth looking at again yeah that was a, a very good uh, recovery nine that he had after that opening um kind of 40 that day so yeah i thought lewis when you look at kind of who's been popping in those recents, I think that absolutely makes sense. Um, I've got a golfer that I fancy quite a bit um, when it comes to, I guess, under the radar um, kind of form in some ways. So if you remember, I mean, we were habitually betting Yannick Paul for a stretch of golf, you know, 
comes out, shows out well after, you know, kind of getting through um, onto the European tour. And, and that stretch where we almost kind of hit him, I believe, I think we kind of been on him at Sudal, or at least the British Masters, um, kind of betting him in that stretch. And then these guys hit this weird stretch of golf. It's just the, the ones that, that played, like as weird as it could possibly get, you go through the U.S. Open and into the Irish Open type of run. Those guys that played the Scottish or the Open Championship, you know, like that was something where you're big events. And then you're forced, if you get into them, you could go, if you can't get into those, you're playing the Barbasol and the Barracuda. You know, you're, you're playing over there. Yannick also stayed to Monday qualify, gets into the Wyndham Championship, makes the cut, finishes 36. Because of those points, after the two, top 20s at the Barracuda and Barbasol, gets into Corn Ferry Tour Finals. He's over there, and he misses the first two cuts. But what's interesting to me is follow him on Instagram, and I think it's always actually a really good way to, to get Dude, some kind of yeah. insight um, kind of golfers, his corn fairy tour stats, even though he was missing, missing cuts there were actually pretty, pretty encouraging from the way he talked about, um, kind of it. So if you looked in the one, let's see that he missed the cut in, um, I believe he ended up finishing like still with a strong, strong, um, uh, greens and regulation in one and a really strong driving accuracy in, in another one enough where I was like, okay, like, in Corn Ferry Tour Finals, he should be somebody that we're interested in. Sure enough, he finishes top 20 at Corn Ferry Tour Finals. He finishes fourth in driving accuracy that week. The, the greens and regulation fell off a little bit. But for him to finish 17th after making the cut on the number was very encouraging, in my opinion. But then he comes in. He was supposed to Monday qualify, actually, um, last week for the Fortinet and ended up just coming over and playing last week uh, at the Italian Open, where he opens in 12th place, 68, two middling rounds, 75-73, and then closes with a 66. So so bookend rounds after getting back from the States, you know, and, and kind of accompanying himself for the first time here in a while playing overseas. I just think the 95s there, there's just enough to me. Like, I, I don't view him, I view him talented than a lot of golfers that he is priced around. So he's 95 to one, man. I, I just really think betting on what we've seen out of Yannick from the season, there is a lot there. And 95s gives a good number. Yeah, I agree. I think we're, we're always talking about the long-term um, future of some of these guys. Right? You know, we believe in the long-term time of Yannick Paul. He's still getting acclimatized. This is his first full season on the DP World Tour, right? And yeah. he's also playing on the corn ferry he's also playing on the pj tour he's also like he, he's not just had a settled season anywhere since turning pro and like that's just not an easy thing to ignore like you know it, so the fact that he's doing what he's doing outside you know alongside all those sort of schedule um changes it, it's really impressive so i really like yannick paul one person actually that is right next to him on our odds board uh maybe a little bit different for you guys is romain langask and we talk about Kelsey Panner, he's obviously won there and, and he's played well here in the past. So he's definitely getting out to a price um, that, that is suitable for Roman Langask. Um, still not sure he can do it again, um, but, you know, the, the price is good. Yeah. Um, uh, before I go to my last selection, I'm not going to only let you say the word Guido on our show. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be selecting him this week. You know, and, and that is, uh, I, I've accepted that if he wins, 
I, I want it so bad. I want it. But I can't be showing up betting a guy who is dead last in driving accuracy. I know he was third in strokes gained approach. Yeah. He's literally him and Alex Fitzpatrick, the guys in the field, could are just missing like every fairway. It's it's awful. It's literally awful. So I guess if you if you are gaining strokes out of the rough and approach and finishing third and approach, it's, that's encouraging, but it's still the positions he's putting himself on the greens aren't better than, than a golfer who was decent off the tee and decent approach. He's terrible off the tee and good approach. The, the end, end result is still middling when it comes to ball striking. So the short game is, is good, you know, but I, I really couldn't, I would much rather bet him next week. Than, than this week, I think, when it comes to the way I look at it. Yeah, it's not, it, it doesn't feel like the right golf course for him anyway, even before, like, he's kind of flashed through his irons and then been really poor with his, you know, after tea stuff. And like to your point, like, it's just not the time. But the only thing I would say to counter that, which I don't need to give you too much encouragement, and luckily you've already made your stance on him, but, like, he's going to have to club down sometimes. Like at yeah. this golf course, and maybe maybe that just that takes it away from him. Like I think about him, I think about like Paratore, people like that that like are just terrible off the tee, that are just not going to have the opportunity to be terrible off the tee because they play everywhere else and they have to hit these these you know these drivers to try to keep up and and can't because they're so bad with it. Um, that maybe they kind of come into their own a bit this week, but I, I'm not willing to uh, to find out either. Yeah, yeah, rooting for him, absolutely rooting for him. He ended up being the second highest stone golfer on DraftKings last week, which was my heart because everyone <laughs> everyone wants to be Seguido. There's, there's um, way too played, much. Uh, fine, you know? There's way too much uh, echo chamber there, isn't there? He he's in a better spot. I mean, he's a hundredth now on the DP World Tour rankings, looking like a good a card. Has not missed a cut since the Open Championship. Things are are looking up. Let's just uh, find some off the tee game for us, Guido, and and then we can fully rip it, even in a big field. Um, so. Um, that leads to my final selection, and gosh, I, I would dare say, I guess if it was it was Southgate one, I don't know. I, the more we talk through this week, and maybe it's because we align a lot, but I like the card. I think the card is shaping up like where even though it's question marks and hoping for spikes on some some golfers, I think we're getting good numbers on good form golfers who are good course fits. And, and like that to me is encouraging. Also with the top of the leaderboard not being something that I'm truly scared of, I think it lines up with something I'm very interested in. And this ends up wrapping up with, for me, my card, Christian Krogh Johansson. I think him being 100 to 1 in this field is wild. Absolutely wild. So that stretch on the DP or on the challenge tour, 22nd, 26th, and he goes 5th, 18th, victory, 10th, 21st, 15th, 9th, 5th, shows up at that first uh, first event, made in Kimberly, third in Kimberly, scared us, scared us for a victory there. Really, really good with the putter. Wasn't all that good off the tee. He really came from approach the rest of the way in. And then what to do? BMW PGA Championship, Wentworth for the kid. For the kid, Wentworth, 27 years old, I <laughs> kid, but 32nd at Wentworth in your debut, gaining a, a strong amount off the tee realistically through um, that kind of um, accuracy from what he has. And again, you don't really have a profile for somebody like him um, overall because he hasn't had that many strokes gained, um, you know, kind of stats. But to show that um, when it comes to Wentworth, I think that's so, so encouraging. So 100 to 1 for somebody that I would dare say is in just as good a form 
as anybody in this field, just because he's only got two shots recently. You know, he missed his cuts early when he played in there. He's taken advantage of those last two on the DP World Tour. I love that at odds to one. Yeah, another one that I think that we've been high on like for a little while now, and I can't remember where we started betting him, but it was pretty early on in the season, right? Because we follow these challenge tour guys and we we follow what we're doing. And Christian Crowe Hansen's actually been very high up my list because a, a guy that I know who runs his own agency made Christian Crowe Hansen one of his first ever signings. So like it's it, it's pretty impressive to see what he's doing. Uh, I think. Was he a late entry into this? Did he get in late or something like that? Yes, because because his odds were not there everywhere. Yeah. So he has been priced up. Um, it's 100 to 1, I believe, on FanDuel here in the States. Yeah. Uh, let me double check here. That's the so, only book that I believe has priced him so far. Yeah, so DraftKings will add him and check those numbers, but I'd be in at triple digits. Yeah, so I think I think he could get bigger. And, and not because I think he should, but because I think people will just look at it and go, oh, if, if we're going to push anybody out, we can push him out. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a chance for that to get bigger. And, it, yeah, I, I think it's – I don't know enough about him. Like, I, I don't I don't know enough to, to sit there and say this is a perfect golf course for him. I think it's just one of those where, like, the talent level suits us. It suits what we like to do. The price suits us. So there's a lot of things going in his favour uh, for Christian Crowe Hansen. I think we're still, still early on him. I mean, the fields were – worse they were definitely worse this field isn't like great but it's it's not yeah. the worst we've seen this year but jens dantorp was 28 to 1 in the stop he right. was 28 so you know what i mean yeah. he did well in his first dp world tour start he scared the lead on the next one and, and then he was almost unbettable at those numbers and we were still actually we were interested less 40 to 1 and less and here yeah. we are getting double triple that price for somebody in that same stretch um, i love it I, I really really like it yeah i um, too. So that that wraps up my selections. Now, Tom, you pulled up this show and you were out here trying to convince me to add two more triple digit bombs, you know, of guys that I just love, golfers that I, I fancy all the time. Any excuse that I can get to, to play these two golfers, I, I like it. And you're, you're digging into this connection a little bit more, but we'll probably end up being on the DraftKings side for these two golfers. I mean, not outrights um, kind of for them, but but. Can you can you fill everybody in? Because probably people can probably guess those once once you get on there. Like, oh, that that's a sky selection. So so one of them, I think the one that I I went to is, is James Morrison, right? And then we'll, and then we'll go on to. Oh the, yeah yeah yeah. You have him before the other two, please. Yeah. Talk okay. Morrison first. Give a little so bit of I'll, I'll talk Morrison. Um. So Morrison was a 54 hole leader in 2011. He was a runner up here in 2015. He was top five at Celtic Manor in the past. He's made three straight cuts. He was top 20 after 36 holes in Crans. He shot 62 at Himalayan, um, where he finished 22nd. And he was 11th after 36 holes at Wentworth before falling away in that final round. So James Morrison playing really good golf on a golf course that he can compete on because there are limited ones that he can do that at. Um, so I really like James Morrison. I, I, you know, the, the winning upside to me uh, isn't isn't always there for James Morrison, but he is someone that can do it. He is someone that can shoot the lowest round of the day. Um I remember one of these guys that we're talking about, and then the other one, you're going to have to jog my memory, but we'll go with Sammy Valamaki first. So Sammy Valamaki has been the runner-up uh, in Wales to Romain Langask back in 2020. And, you know, for, for a little while there, Sky, we were getting pretty excited about Sammy Valamaki and his form. Like, he he looked like he was going to go really well uh, at Wentworth and then didn't. Uh, he started off... Did he start off okay and then just completely collapse... Uh, he was 13th, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, he was Yeah, yeah. he was there early, yeah, in Wentworth. 
So he, he he really started off really well. And then you look at the Italian Open, like he opened with 76, but then bounced back with a 69. So um, the suggestion is that Sami Vermaki can do this. We know he can play well in the wind. We know he can play well on these kind of open layouts. He's obviously proven it at Celtic Manor, which we like. Um, so I, I'm willing to kind of give him a chance off of those two missed cuts because we just know that what I like about these people that, that we're kind of talking about here, we know they've won. Like, yes, it may be a, a couple or maybe two or three, maybe four in some cases, but like, and they may have been a long time ago, but some of Mackey's like 140 to one over here, plays well on this type of golf course, has played well recently, even in missed cuts. Um, I do really like him. So yes, I think you're probably right. We, we probably should be looking at top twenties and top tens and maybe DraftKings, but um, I think it's a decent number. Yeah, I think, Sammy, you could get away. Uh, I, I'm trying to to not kind of, I don't know. There's If I stick to the, the process of what I'm seeing like that. But, but yeah, I think the speculative, that's the old top. Maybe that's what we need to get back into. Like, we're just going to find these guys that have these correlations and pop. Because there's definitely flash. So I'm interested. Now, the one you mentioned pre-show that we're probably going to be minimum price on drafting. And, and you can't. I don't think you can outright this. But you said you tried to get me to get on Hugo Leon. Yes. One and only Hugo Leon. Yeah. Yes. Fairway green. Detroit Tigers hat. Hugo Leon. But he's like 600s, 700s. But it was a, he popped at the kazoo and he has like a T10 here, right? Yeah. He was in his only start uh, at this golf course. He finished eighth. Um, and that was that was the best he was placed all week. But he never shot worse than 72, which is quite a feat around this golf course. Like it's, a, it's a really tough event. And I'm pretty sure... Didn't we establish that he's played well in Wales as well? Like he was 14th at yeah, the Wales Open 15th. in yeah, yeah, like 2021. Like, what more do you need? I mean, there was guys. I th- I thought David Dixon w- would have been a great bet for this, um, based on his Wales Open form, but he's not here. Um, yeah, I mean Hugo Leon. Like, if if you can get one of those really big numbers on him, then he, you know he's not going to win. Like, let's just preface that he he isn't going to win. Um, but you know, it's his type of golf course. There's certain people that can compete about four or five times a year, and he's one of them. And and this is one of the golf courses. And and a little you... discouraging. He did not show up at the at, at Celtic Manor last time. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a concern. Do you think there's ever been a course that fits Ashley Chester's more than this one? Oh no, no. But yeah, he Chester's. I... Uh, oh, if you want to talk about infuriating not playing, Aaron Rye. It's yeah. Aaron Rye. Right here. Taylor made for you, man. Yeah. Like this is this is where you show up and you win and you do it. Uh Francesco Molinari. Talk about Molinari. Yeah, I couldn't believe Molinari like, wasn't th- there. Th- those guys live for this style of course. I mean, I get it, it's a big four week stretch. If you're gonna show up three, if we're gonna show up three of the four, can you play all four? I said to you, didn't I, right? Like with at least with Aaron Rye, like he's played a very hectic PJ tour schedule, like grinded to keep his card, like Molinari's barely played. Like, what are you doing? Just, just go and play on a golf course that suits you, man. Like, you, you've played well recently. It's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I, I but, would have bet him like twenty, twenty to one. I would have bet him. Yeah, it's pretty good that he's not here because we probably sure. should, we probably <laughs> should be betting him at twenty to one. Um, in in the real bombs, Christopher Broberg has shown up on his golf course in the past, I believe. Um, he's just died again after a little bit of a renaissance but he's got so he opened 25th 12th 12th his first three starts here then he missed one cut and then finished 16th so um really likes his golf course so maybe 
he flashes again. The, the weird thing with Broberg is he's not the type that like goes missing and flashes at a course that he likes. He just goes missing and flashes anywhere for any number of reasons. Um, so you can't really pin it down, which is why he's the price that he is. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else that I'm really that interested in. I think we've probably covered it. I think anything else, we would just kind of be like throwing some caution to the wind. Um, but we do like yeah. to do that. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see Barnrat. Um, he's playing here this week. I believe he, um, he played somewhere last week. Did he play? Uh, it was the Italian Open. I didn't realize it was there. He, he had a sneaky 12th place finish. 12th place, Italian Open yeah. That, uh, you know, just kind of. Not a good golf course for him now, I don't think. No, no, not for me. Not for me. Um, Ken Holt showed up well here. Again, we're just kind of listening. Uh, we do, I, I guess, one more. Soren Kelton was kind of intriguing because he feels like he could fit this course in right. recently. Right. Uh, so, so he was a name that I thought I was going to go to. So I wanted to have like one, and I'm glad you brought him up because I forgot, one like veteran player that has shown some sort of life recently. But when you look at like Soren Kelton's career here, like it was, it was good, like, but then it just, died completely and maybe that's just because he just went off the cliff recently but like 21st 7th 13th 26th miscut 9th 8th 18th 15th so to me when I see something like that from Soren Kjeldsen I worry that there's not been a top five there's not been a win because he's someone that, that at that you know the peak of his powers he was winning those kind of tournaments um not necessarily reasons I think it's a good DraftKings play um definitely um I, I think that's definitely one yeah. of the things to consider Okay, I, we can't talk everyone, so I'm going to say two more golfers. I had um, so last week's um, challenge tour winner is teeing it up. Frenchman Pierre Pignon um, is playing. He won last week. Not that steady of a season on the challenge tour, so um, it just at least was was notable um, to kind of see. And then oh, I just lost. Who was my last one? <laughs> I guess we're closing it. We're we're closing it out. What, with, while, um, you're, while you're thinking that, you know, we just said that it's a bad course for Rafi Barmrat. He opened up with it. So in 2014, he opened up with a 77, bounced back with a 66 and a 70 to sit 12 after 54 holes and then shot a 78. So that is, if you ever want a snapshot of Afi Barmrat's career, 77, 66, 70, 78. That is just Afi Barmrat in a nutshell. So I do think he's the type that can go. I think we kind of mentioned this about like, Peters and people like that at uh, Wentworth, like they've got the ability to go and have the lowest round of the day, and they've also got the ability to shoot the worst round of the day and probably withdraw. So, um, so a high range of outcomes for someone like Effie Barmer. And I found it. I found. I actually got two. Great. Done. Done. I'm. We're going to the cards immediately after this. Cool. Pedro Figueroa is getting a spot. <laughs> Good to see Pedro. Uh, vote for Pedro. And then what was very odd to me is you don't see a full-time PGA Tour player, one of the best Corn Ferry Tour players for the all the long season, the, the 2020 to 2022 season, basically, when they had the graduate. Paul Barnyan is playing yeah. in this event, and he's yeah. like 150. So it's just very odd. Like, he has shown basically nothing, made one cut in Corn Ferry Tour finals. But you, it just stands out when you look at kind of who um, – Priced around with it. Yeah, I thought that because I think they were advertising it as like Patrick Reed and Paul Barjon playing in the, the French Open for the first time. And I was like, that is such a weird um, way to part those yeah. two together. Um, and then Patrick Reed's actually been used for quite a lot of the, the marketing materials. I don't know if it's the same in Golf Channel over there, but like Golf Channel oh. Slovakia or something had Patrick Reed as the cover guy. Um, so that was yeah. interesting. 
Um, All right. Yeah, Let's card it. We got to card, card it. Let's do it. Okay, you go first. So I'm going to go with Andy Sullivan. Uh, I do really like him. I think he's, is he 50 to 1 over there? Uh, 55. Best I could find before this. 55, great. Mikko Korhonen, uh, similar price as well, and Matthew Southgate. I think all of them kind of in that same 50, 55, 60 to 1 range. And then James Morrison, uh, I, you, you're going to have to tell me in terms of his price, please. 125 to 1 over here. Yep. Okay, perfect. So we align on those top three. Corey Campillo, 50 to 1. Andy Sullivan, or I guess you, you're not Campillo, you're on the next three. So Campillo, 50 to 1 for me to start out. Andy Sullivan, 55 to 1. Matthew Southgate with you, 60 to 1. Mika Kohonen, 60 to 1. And then I round out with Yannick Paul, 95 to 1. And then Christian Crow Johansson at 100 to 1. Tom, I, I'm feeling good this week. It's time. Let's let's get everybody in the mix on Sunday because we know 90% of them are going to fail and one of them is going to fall into a victory. It's going to be it's going to be us this week. So one of the things that we've got going this week is that we're so much in the line. But like, even though I haven't picked Campillo, I like him as well. So I do think that people should go with him. Um, we could have either the ultimate sweat on Sunday or just have zero interest in the event. And like it, it there's like one or two outcomes, right? But like I was I was rooting for you and Herbert and Kitsiyama yesterday. Um didn't happen, but like yeah, I think we've profiled this event well. Like I think we've we've taken into account a lot of different stuff. And and other people will, right? Like we're not gonna be the only ones that do it, but like I think the Wales Open things are really good. I think that um ju- just the type of player that we're targeting uh really helps i think the fact that we're not scared to go back to players after last week is is key yep yep 100 percent. and and next week man next week is going to be awesome on the dp world tour you listed off the field but alfred dunhill links championship uh, i do want to put a reminder if you guys prefer the audio format you can always find us on all your different pod- podcast podcast platforms um Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. Please rate, review, subscribe. Like our YouTube page. Love seeing the comments. Um, try to interact on there always. And we're always available on Twitter. You can find me at SkyhookDFS. Tom, where can they find you? Yeah, Tom Jacobs 93 for me. Perfect. Awesome. Well, let's have a big week, Tom. Feeling good. Uh, fun golf course. You know, an entertaining one. Definitely has kind of some some train wrecks around the corner if you, yeah. if you can't keep it in place. So uh, you could be you can wake up Thursday morning over here in the states and, and see some big old numbers. So let's fingers crossed we can avoid them with our guys. I hope so. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week. First time we've seen this event for three years. So looking forward to it. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, good luck everybody, and we'll catch you next week uh, for the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship. Thanks again. 